Okay, so last minute change to today's episode. Abby Brown from GB7s, England 7s, done all the cool stuff, is joining us today because she also has her own podcast. So Abs, do you want to tell us a bit about your podcast? Yeah, so um, my home friends basically messaged me one day and was like, really want to do a podcast and I was like yeah you should do it kind of I'm I'm backing you kind of thing and then a couple of weeks later she was like no but I want you to also do it with me um and I was like I didn't really get that memo but yeah and then kind of I said oh what what we're going to do it on and we kind of discussed that actually there's not much positive news going on at the moment so then we came up with making the lemonade obviously the the cliche um when life gives you lemons there's always an opportunity to make lemonade so we kind of had that idea of let's bring and kind of spread positive news to different people especially because of COVID, people are a bit more down or always hearing the negative news. And actually there are so many good stories out there and like, I've loved doing it. And I know um, my friend Lossie has as well, just from finding these stories and seeing how much positive news there is out there and actually bringing, bring it to life and getting people just to see, actually look at all this other stuff that's out there. That's really cool. And it could be the most random things and kind of a bit of laughter and enjoy doing it. So I guess it hopefully brings a smile to someone's face. Oh, I think it totally does. Like I've loved listening, and as well, like they're short episodes. Like you can listen in quickly, and like your days filled with positivity. And as well, because you love mentioning Scotland on your podcast, <laughs> it which... does seem to come up quite a lot. And Max, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at with my pronunciation, so it's a work on. But <laughs> no, it's been cool. Yeah, so Abby's joining us today, and we're going to get Alona Maher and Naya Tapper on now. First, I'd just like to say a big thank you to the brands that have helped with this series and made it possible. So they are Regardless Official and Boob Armour. Boob Armour also supported us last season. So if you're a listener, you will have heard us chat about them before. They do like protective chest guards for female athletes that slip inside your sports bra. They're really lightweight. They're really thin. You wouldn't know they're there, but they can give you that protection when you're running or playing high impact sport that your boobs are protected and just give you the confidence to, to play really. You can get a discount on their website with the code Women Who Sport in capital letters. Highly recommend checking them out, especially for like younger athletes and stuff coming through. Like I think it can just let you play with so much more confidence. The other brand that is supporting us this season are Regardless Official. Regardless do mouth guards, they do boil and bite ones, but they also do like dental grade mouth guards where you can mold it at home, send your mold in and then get sent a custom fitted mouth guard. It's a mouth guard that I'm using this season. I absolutely love it. It's been such a game changer. And yeah, you can get like a dental standard mouth guard without leaving the house, which in COVID times is an absolute dream. And with their discount code, which is WWS20, it works out as like 50 quid, which is an absolute bargain for what you're getting. So check them out as well. There's links to both of those brands all over our Instagram. So if we start off with your guys' background, so you both got into rugby relatively late coming from mixed sport background. So if I've got this right, Naya, you did track and field and then Alona, you did like hockey, basketball, football, aka soccer. So yeah, like I guess were you guys exposed to rugby growing up? What is a women's game like in America at a young age? Like basically how did you guys get into rugby? So I got into it actually because my dad's a rugby guy. But um, he's been playing for like 40 plus years now, and I just never played it. I was always encouraged to play a ton of sports, and I played um, softball. I didn't play soccer because my sister was playing soccer, so I was like, let me do something cooler. So I did field <laughs> hockey, and I did softball. 
And uh, I just never really liked softball, I guess. So my senior year, I decided to try something else. And there was a local rugby club. So I just went out for it. And I think Naya and I's one thing that we have similar is our body types is that we're very big, but we're surprisingly powerful and fast. So I think we just fit the mold perfectly for rugby. So I just went out and played for one season. I think I scored a try in my first game and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then I decided I want to continue playing. So I went to college and played as well. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And I was like, I got my, you know, I was going to go for nursing and then I got my degree and then I was like, well, okay, I think I want to go play rugby for USA. So then I made that my goal. I didn't know you played rugby in high school. Just one season. (laughs) Okay. Um, For me, I didn't know about it until high school. And weirdly, my high school had a rugby team and my high school was a majority black Hispanic school and kind of the stereotype around rugby is that it's a white man sport so for that sport to be there in the first place was kind of really awkward and probably my first sign of like okay this is probably what you should be doing in the future but um found it in high school but I didn't play because I was running track and rugby was mainly known for like injuries and the big hits and things so my coach was like you're definitely not doing that so I was like okay fine you know I don't really care I don't know what the sport is anyway And then when I went to college and I decided not to run track and kind of just focus on academics and enjoy like the college life, I ended up running into a rugby stand for a club team at UNC Chapel Hill. And I ended up trying out for it. And, you know, like for club sports, you go try out. But at the end of the day, everybody makes the team. Excuse me, the team. So I made the team. Woo! <laughs> and um, yeah, that's kind of where my journey started. I was super athletic, like Lil says, super big. So it was pretty easy in college to just kind of get away with just being physically able. But then once I got to the professional level, that's where it was like, okay, now you got to learn skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think USA are a team like men and women that have really embraced having like transfer athletes and like the I guess the power that they bring to a team so what value do you guys see in having like such a mixed sport background? Uh, I think it's just awesome because in the U.S., you know, rugby isn't that big. So we have all these amazing athletes who haven't tried it yet. And I know that for me, at least, I mean, I, I was a great basketball player, great field hockey player. And so I was able to take all those skills from every other sport we played. So we have a girl on our team, Steph Rivetti, who played D1 basketball in college. And I mean, you see the way she passes and the way she's able to move on the field. And it's like, OK, that's a basketball player there. Uh, I mean, the, we have track stars, you know, Carl and I, Carl and I is the fastest man in rugby. Um, so it's like, we're all such athletes here, but I think also we're getting that to that point where we're now rugby players as well. So that's kind of cool. Sweet. And do you guys have like a lot of interaction and stuff with the men's team or is your programs like pretty separate? I think I would say we're pretty close in terms of our location. We train on the same field that we, our weight rooms, the same, our meeting rooms are kind of close to each other. So we interact every now and then. Um, I don't know if we hang out too much outside of rugby. I know some of us do, others don't. Randomly, it'll happen, but I don't know. I think it's a good, like, chill vibe. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot of mutual respect between our teams. I mean, Carlin and I are, like, besties. So you always see them hanging out to the point where it's like, are Carlin and I dating? It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) They just have the weirdest relationship. (laughs) No. So there's definitely a mutual respect and a, a mutual, like, wanting to help each other. I, I, some of us will go up to the men's team and ask him for help. And like, you know, you can get me down with this poaching or to pinky is great at poaching. So we'll ask him for some questions. Um, 
I don't know if we hang out outside of it, but I'm, we homies. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say cool. hi. <laughs> yeah. But I've also, I've seen that you guys seem pretty close with your men's side. I've been watching like the Mission Possible YouTube videos <laughs> and you guys are like, do have meetings together? It seems like, like, it seems like a very kind of collaborative environment. Well, I was going to say that we're kind of in a funny spot, aren't we? Because we've like yeah. just brought three nations together. So it's like gelling as a team on your own, but also using that like Team GB stuff with the men's team to our advantage. So yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. mad. It's quite like you got a lot, lot of people all trying to, kind of gel at one time and like it is quite hard because you're literally you don't know people um mm-hmm. we did like a social the other day with the boys and obviously they're a lot louder than we are so we're like oh we're still here but <laughs> um but no it's good like I quite like it um I know we had mm-hmm. it with England sevens so, like we were always based at the same place as the men and like it's quite nice like you kind of do bounce off each other a little bit um but like you said you never really hang out outside of sport do you <laughs> I feel like it's the opposite for us. I feel like if we were to hang out with the men's team, we'd be the loud team. <laughs> they yeah. would just be like sitting in their chairs, like but not talking. Loud too. They got some loud ones. All right. But we'll do like events with them sometimes. And some of them are just like sitting there and then we're over there talking. We're, we're <laughs> me and people were dancing. Naya's breaking it down on the dance floor. Like I've seen that. I've seen the dance moves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how was kind of your debuts? Um, and kind of when did you make them for, for America? For me, um, I feel, I kind of, for me, I just I claim that I have two. So my first one was in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I think I played the last game of that tournament, maybe like the last minute, and I was excited, but I was also scared as hell. And it was also raining, and my catching skills just were not there yet. So I was like, "This is gonna be great," you know. <laughs> And um, I actually ended up scoring on the fir- my first touch of the ball. So that was my first touch on the ball, first run, first international try. So I was like, okay. That's, you know, that's this, a good start. Yeah, this might go well for me. And then um, I ended up getting cut. And then I think like six months later, was brought back onto the team and went to Sydney in 2017 and just like went ham. I think I scored the most tries ever. I think I scored nine tries that time. Um, I got player of the final. Our team came in second up against Canada, which was a great game. So that was like, for me, that was my, here I am. Like, this is now on fire and I'm not going anywhere. Love that. Wow. That was beautiful, Naya. <laughs> um, I've honestly, I think that maybe I've had two debuts because I graduated college and I came out here and then I made um, in 2018 and I made the tournament like after a week of training. And I was like, I really should not be in- on this team. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Don't put me in. I won't be good. So I played like maybe altogether six, seven minutes in that tournament in France, Paris. Um, but I scored twice. So I'm like, okay. But, and then I went to the world cup and still didn't really think I should have been there, but uh, I did it. And then, so then we got a new coach Brownie came in. And then I think my first real tournament, I would like to think is Glendale in 2018. And that was when it kind of clicked. And when I felt like I actually knew what I was doing, that I, I had some confidence out in the field and um, that I, you know, you can put me in whenever and I will, I'll be able to do my thing. It is funny, isn't it? You kind of get your first cap and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're going to go with it. And then before you know it, you're like a few caps in, you're like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing now. Um, Have you both played 15s as well? Has it always been sevens? For me, it's 
I started in 15, so I only played 15s in college and maybe like one sevens tournament. And then when I moved to California to go pro, that's kind of when I started the sevens journey. And how did you find like that kind of the switching almost and the, or the difference between it? Very, very hard. <laughs> Just because you have, you have to know how to do everything. Like you have to know how to pass. You have to know how to catch and sometimes set people up. You have to know how to tackle and get the ball back. Whereas in 15s, like, you know, as a wing, you can just kind of chill on the edge and mind your business until the ball comes around. <laughs> so, and it like sevens is so much faster and still a long um, duration of time to be going that fast. So the fitness level you have to have for sevens is completely different from 15s, specifically with my position as a wing. Yeah, for sure. But Nia, you did the 15th World Cup, right? Yes. Okay, I just set that one in there. <laughs> I was like, shoot, this woman's played 15s. <laughs> she played in the World Cup. <laughs> I have, yes, yes, yes. Sometimes That's I forget cool. about that. But that was, that was an amazing event. So I'm glad I did that. Do you prefer that. 15s or 7s? 7s. Yeah. All day, all day. <laughs> Too slow, yeah. <laughs> Um, and kind of, so what would your advice be to players wanting to break into the USA sevens team? Um, I think my advice would be, is you have to play like high level clubs and um, it takes a lot of reaching out. I think that Nia and I might've had different paths for me. It was going to play on high level club teams and like having coaches maybe reach out for me or being really a standout in that tournament. So that if, if the USA coach was there, um, yeah, I would suggest like, it's almost can get annoying, but like reaching out to places and reaching out to coaches and emailing and be like, Hey, I had this, you know, goal. I want to do this. Um, can you help me? Um, there's a lot, we do have some great high level teams here, like Northeast Zion rugby. Um, so if they can get into those teams, cause there's, there's wasn't really a clear pathway, but I think we're creating a pretty clear one, um, which can help a lot. That's cool. And it has the pathway kind of, changed a little bit I guess in this last year like obviously kind of we haven't had any games and stuff so has that changed it a little bit or kind of and I guess how have you guys found it as well I, I you know I don't even think they've really been doing much recruiting right now it's been definitely a focus which what it's been nice is it's been a focus on the right now we have like 22 girls training for the Olympics so it's been a great time of just getting to know your teammates getting to learn how they play and playing with them and then we have a like a lower level team that also is coming in of new college players yeah I, I would say that it's a lot more structured now to where we even at the training center have an academy group under the residents that's training so that eventually those girls will end up being where we are whereas before it was kind of where can we find the best athlete and then turn them into a rugby player? And now it's like, where can we find the best rugby player, which is great for the U.S. That our um, caliber of rugby players and our amount of rugby players is increasing. That's good. And how have you guys like personally stayed motivated over the last year? Like I think it's been such a challenging time as rugby players when you're, you're doing all the training, which we know for sevens can be pretty horrendous and, and not getting as many games. Yeah, so for... For me, it was like, I went home for most of it. I didn't even, uh, so we all train out in San Diego, California. Nia and I are both from the East coast. Um, I went out home back to Burlington, Vermont. And I think staying motivated was like, I don't think I was really training for the Olympics as much as I was just training to be the best version of myself because 
I think if you're training for this one thing, as we've seen in COVID, it's, it might not happen and that would suck. So it was just like going to the gym was just to see how strong I could be, how fast I could be. Um, and I think I even do that now as well. It's like, it, I don't think we're just training for the Olympics because who knows what could happen. So it's just training to be the best rugby player and to have the most fun and to enjoy this time. Yeah, I would say Lowe's a lot more disciplined than me because I knew like if I went home, I was not going to be working out. <laughs> so I ended up staying in California and kind of partnered up with two of my other teammates to have kind of an accountability group. And that helped me like make working out on my own a habit. So that was kind of how I handled it and what kept me motivated and getting up every day when I didn't have to, to go work out. So. Cool, love it. And I guess if we move on now a bit to like your guys' careers outside sport, because you both do some mad things. So, Elora, you trained to be a nurse, uh, mm -hmm. which I think is that's pretty mental. And then now you've got your degree in sport and exercise science with the goal of like originally becoming a physiotherapist. From that was, that was the plan, yeah. That was the goal from what I've seen on, online. <laughs> um, so, Lo, yeah, I guess if we start with you, so changing from being a nurse to professional rugby player, like just chat to us about that decision yeah so I always wanted to go to med school but my mom was like oh you should do nursing first you can get a job right after college and I was like okay so uh I went to nursing school but then I also really loved rugby so I was like all right well I'm gonna do both and uh I was that was the on track I was gonna be a nurse and then nurse for a couple years and go on get higher education but I think it was my senior year of college when people throughout my college career had been saying like, oh, you could be an Eagle. You could play for USA. And I was like, okay. So my senior year of college, it was like, um, I think I kind of want to go on with this. And I would talk to like nurses and talk to my mom. It's like, yeah, there's always going to be sick people. There's always going to be hospitals. So go out for this Olympic dream. So my senior spring, I literally was just like, studying nursing and going to train on my own um I'm honestly impressed with myself in my <laughs> discipline I didn't know I had that in me but I really stay disciplined and it is weird because nursing is a caring profession where you know you take care of sick people you take care of people who are hurting and then I come into a profession that we don't our goal isn't to hurt people but it happens a lot of injuries occur I I'm a very big person running over some people that may get hurt so it's kind of like this weird two sides of, of me. Uh, I still love nursing and I, I'm, I got my registered nursing license. So I am a registered nurse. I've never used it. Um, just a lot of student loans for nothing, <laughs> but I do hope to one day, um, be a nurse or be something in the medical field. I take classes now to get my master's in business. Um, do I have much passion for it? Not really, but I'm trying to be a boss leader one day and make the big bucks so I gotta do what I gotta do now <laughs> to make the money later <laughs> uh, I love that and I get like if it was your mom that encouraged you to go into nursing then were your family supportive when you were like hey I'm actually not gonna do this nursing thing I'm gonna go and like chase this dream I think they I think they were because I think they saw that it, it was actually really possible like if it was just something where I was like no plan. I'm just going to do it. They would have been like, oh, you could actually be making money as a nurse, but they really backed me because it was, a. I think the way I was training, how things were working out, uh, it was going to be amazing. And my dad's a rugby guy. So they were really all for it. And now I've given them tournaments to go drink beer at. So they're, they're fine with it. How fast is that? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. 
Um, and now you previously have said, well, I suppose you have said in interviews that you didn't want to play professional sport and that obviously you wanted to get mm. your degree that you've got and start a family and stuff. And obviously kind of, you got your degree, but kind of what changed? And kind of, do you have any like regrets looking back at all of that? Or kind of, are you happy with where your life has kind of gone to? Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, my dad was always like professional athletes. Like that's not it. Like it's too temporary. My brother was in the NFL for a little bit. So he kind of went on that path. And I just always knew my dad was against it, you know, but always going to support him regardless. So I kind of had it in my mind, like, okay, you know, like it's temporary. So that's not even a thought of, oh, I want to be a professional athlete. It's like, okay, how can I get the best grades? How can I um, get my degree and then go into a job like Lo said that I'll be able to be financially stable and enjoy life. So for me, it was like, okay, I'll just go be a physical therapist. They make good money. Um, It involves sports. So it would be something that I would be interested in and still can be around sports at least. And I think my last year of college, they reached out to me again about coming to a camp and offered me a contract. So then it was like, do I go kind of like low of do I go or, you know, do I stick to plan A? And I had a chat with the head of physical therapy at my university and kind of talked with her about, hey, this is the opportunity I have presented to me, but I obviously want to get into one of the top PT schools. So like, what do you think? And her opinion was like, well, your physical abilities aren't going to be here forever and PT school isn't going anywhere. So, you know, like this is the time to take advantage of it. Not many people will be able to say they have been able to train for an Olympics and hopefully not many people will be able to say they have been to an Olympics and that they are an Olympian. So being able to add that to your resume, you know, like you'll be able to get into any PT school you want because you pursued a dream that maybe wasn't a dream in the past, but is a dream now. So I think when she said that, that was kind of reassurance for me, like, okay, well, you know, I guess this is what we're going to do. And yeah, took the leap and here we are. What did your dad say? He, I actually talked to him the other day. He's really proud, obviously, (laughs) it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. But um, he always just says, just make sure you got everything else in order so that if for whatever reason it ever falls through that you'll be able to fall on your feet. So that's cool. Yeah. And I guess we're like real interested in chatting to you guys on this podcast because I think you also do a remarkable job as athletes of marketing yourself off the field which like I don't think we see enough of in the women's game and like certainly not in the UK like I don't know about it I guess the climate's different in the USA so yeah I think we've got a couple things to talk to here but we are going to start with the TikTok so (laughs) which is probably like you have to speak about a lot lately Um, so I guess did you anticipate it blowing up the way it kind of has but also like I don't know if you realize it or not but I think you do like an awesome job of like tackling some really big stereotypes in women's rugby so I guess was that like your intentions or was that like a byproduct of making fun videos well so first thing is that now I've become known as the TikTok <laughs> rugby player and I don't know if I'm happy about it everyone I talked to was like is that the TikTok girl I'm like damn it I'm also pretty good at rugby so I don't think I realized it I've had TikTok since like before like at the beginning of the pandemic but I didn't really post on it and then when we were in Spain uh, you know, in March, I posted something with Nicole, my roommate, and just kind of started to see something like, oh, okay, there's a little bit of traction here. And so then I kept posting and I realized, oh, there isn't really much 
rugby content on TikTok. And it was really cool to see the explosion of, of people following and liking. And I get comments like, Oh, we have a, a women's rugby team. So it's kind of cool that we're getting it out there before the Olympics. So it's, I'm using it not as a tool I'm using it as a tool to promote myself, but also to promote my team. Um, and it, it has been interesting, like just to see some of the stereotypes out there I've been getting, I mean, I've been getting it always, but people behind their keyboards are just so much braver. It is wild. Uh, I'm so happy that I've become this confident person that I am because um, it's a very toxic environment on there. And I think Nia and I have both dealt with it. Um, you know, I, I get called a, be, get called a man constantly because of my muscles. And, um, you know, I follow Abby Burton on your team who she deals with the same things and she has a great Instagram page, absolutely positive that I follow. So it's been cool to spread that awareness of like beauty and rugby and humor and kind of get a deep dip into my like real life as well. And it's been a great tool just to, to show everybody who the USA rugby team is. I don't think there's enough females being like, I'm a powerful athlete. I have muscles and it doesn't take away from my femininity and it doesn't, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean X, Y, or Z. Like it's, I think basically the more we have that in the media, the better. Cause like, I know growing up when I was first playing sport, that is definitely not what I seen on my social media. Yeah. And I mean, Nia and I are just probably two overly confident people. <laughs> so if, if they, if the girls can get at least a minor fraction of the confidence Nia has, they'll be set. So I think even if it's like you're putting on this, this face, when you see somebody like you, who's being confident, loving their body, it's like, wait a minute, can I do this as well? Holy crap. Uh, absolutely love it. And follow your TikTok and like see comments about like people asking like if you're gay or whatever and I think that's a big stereotype in women's rugby and I like really respect how you've addressed that because like I think I don't know some people sometimes in rugby people are like oh my god no yeah but you've I don't know you've been like my teammates are but I'm not and like who cares yeah no it's been it's interesting because again I'm like I get all these comments are you not gay and I'm like I've said in the videos I'm straight but it's fine. I don't really care. Like, it doesn't matter what I am. First off, I wish I was gay. All right. <laughs> Women are amazing. <laughs> I will take this to the grave with me. Okay. <laughs> Women are amazing. And I am done with men. They're with the worst. Just kidding. I love them. But it's just breaking these stereotypes of like, you know, butch and we're all these butch players. I mean, some of the most beautiful women I've ever met are in rugby, like Nia Tapper, you know, so it's, it's such a cool tool. And I've actually started filtering my comments though, because I just don't need other girls seeing what people, what hate is spread on there. So I'm like, no. It is mad how many people just feel the need to comment. That's the bit I never understand. Like, if you know, have you got anything nice to say? Why are you saying it? Kind of, that's mm-hmm. my view on it. Like, why would you even bother commenting? But I guess yeah. like, what you're doing is educating people that perhaps never really seen women's rugby. And that's huge. And I think that's definitely part of it all. Yeah. It's really, to me is like, I'll go look at these people's profiles and just know that, okay, they have nothing to gain from this. They're really just trying to spread hate. And so Naya did it once to a great person. We had a great podcast on like black lives matter and being black in rugby. And this man commented and was like, okay, what is being black, black lives matter, have anything to do with rugby, blah, blah, blah. Like I blah, blah, blah. And then she just said, well, sir, if you listen to the podcast, you will learn a lot please check it out. Thanks for asking your questions. And he was like, actually don't have time for that. So, um, yeah, but she just responding in a good way. 
and we respond polite. We respond with kind words to hopefully help them because they're definitely not in a right state of mind as well. For sure. Yeah. And now you've got a couple of different series on YouTube. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess kind of what was the motivation for that? And also you've got your like, clothing range with Naya on fire. Um, mm. Yeah. What was the motivation for kind of starting these projects? Uh, it was kind of just blowing up my name wherever I could and wherever I knew how. So it was like, okay, what's hot right now? YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, which I re- haven't been able to get into, but um, it's just like, how can I get my name in as many places as possible and promote it in that way? Just because that's what everybody's on right now is social media. Um, so just trying to take advantage of that. And it's just been huge in reaching so many people across the world. Like the fact that people buy my merch from Africa and New Zealand and Britain just blows my mind, but it just shows you the power of social media and how much of an impact you can have with one post, one video, one TikTok like low. So, I mean, I agree with you, not enough women, not enough people in sports, specifically rugby are doing it. And that just blows my mind. Cause I'm like, it's so, it's so helpful, not only for you, but for so many people around the world. So if you're not on the train, yeah. jump on the train. I think yeah. we definitely need to get better at it. Um, especially like the British kind of population. We're not good at kind of promoting ourselves and being like, mm-hmm. this is who we are and this is what we're about. But actually you guys are literally showing that actually if you do it, people do respond really well to it. And that's actually something that we should all kind of do. Yeah. First things first, have you thought of Love Island? Because that really <laughs> helps people blow up. I'm thinking about it right now. Um, oh my God, I'd love to see you on Love Island. I would slay. I'd Could you it. imagine me on Love Island? I'd love it. I, I would kill it. I, there's no <laughs> doubt. My head would Can be turned any- by everybody though. <laughs> Can anybody go on that? Or how is that? Is that based in certain places? Like what is that? How does that work? Yeah, there's a UK version and yeah. we have an American version now though too. Do you? Oh, okay. And then there's yeah. an Australian version. Didn't yes. Know yeah. But sorry, what what I was saying is that like, I think what Naya and I have realized is like, you have to brand for yourself. No one else is going to do it for you because we don't get, we're female athletes in an emerging sport. We don't get paid a lot. No one's going to do it for you. We're not countries like, you know, Australia where rugby is massive, New Zealand, where they have a great fan base and they have amazing people and they'll get tons of followers right from joining the team. Like for us, it's we Naya puts in an insane amount of work just doing photo shoots, doing branding. I mean, she does her Naya's ab workouts just to get people to notice us. And it might look like we're, I don't know if it looks like we're self absorbed or if we're, but we have to do this for ourselves. Yeah. Um, no, it's 100%. good. This is good. Something we yeah. can learn from it. Oh, no, I absolutely love that. And yeah, as you said, like, I, I don't know, I think in Britain, there's this like perception that it's like, I don't know, like not cool to like promote yourself or but like it's just it's not the case at all. And yeah, I think you guys are absolutely like leading the way with how female rugby players can market themselves. I think we're very similar because I'll look at the followers count between like us and even and you guys are we're very similar, which I feel like we could have more. We should be up there in those 15,000s. But it's like we need we need people's help. Um, We need better branding. We need better, you know, other people to help us get there but I just think we have such a great market we could tap into but it's really being left on us to to tap it you know and I think a lot of it also too comes down to the rugby organizations in general in terms of like streaming and things and countries outside of the U.S. a lot of that um those streamings are free or you can just watch rugby on tv anytime for no 
pay or there's like a whole bunch of rugby events whereas in the U.S. that's not the case so it's like how can we offer streaming for free how can we put rugby on ESPN for free so that people can either run across the sport and find us in that way or see us more how can we get more tournaments so that the more people can see us because I think that's where a lot of our numbers fly up is every time we have a tournament you're being able to reach more people so a lot of it comes down to the rugby organization as well but it is important as we said for us to take control of the side that we have control over and that we can do things with. Agreed 100% and I know that like Amy Wilson Hardy told me that she gained 2,000 followers during one game of the Olympics. That is the power of that platform because people aren't like looking out for women's rugby throughout the year but like we all know what it's like during the Olympics like whatever's on the TV when you sit down you're watching yeah. and you're actually engaging in. Yeah I, I we saw what happened in 2016. I'm so excited to see what happens in 2018 and what we can do just like continuously kind of bump up in this sport. I think if we can have this on like for us it'll be on NBC which is a channel known you know countrywide and just to have people tapping in. I think you know people would watch one game of rugby sevens and be like this is super cool. I want to check out more of this. So I am so stoked to see what happens in Tokyo. Yeah, agreed. I think it's definitely getting there a little bit in this country. Like we had it with our 15s, like they were now like the BBC. So I think it's a bit similar, like it's on your main TV um, and you're just like flicking through on a Saturday afternoon. Actually, it's there. I think that's what, especially sevens, like we don't get that kind of the same kind of viewings. And I think actually if it was put on, like you said, people will be like, what is this sport? Cause this is crazy and they are crazy for doing it, but I'm loving it as well. So yeah. actually it will build such a big audience. Mm-hmm. And I get like, last thing I want to chat about that you two guys do is your podcast called Leo's Den. So like, it's like, I actually had such a good time this week, like listening to episodes when I was doing my research, like <laughs> as well as being like funny and good banter and stuff. Like it's also really informative. Like you, you discuss racial issues in rugby, as you touched on, you discuss body confidence, but then also like what it's like to date a rugby player. Like, I just love how you go from like serious topic to <laughs> a rugby player, which is still a serious topic just <laughs> in, in a different way. Um, so yeah, like how did your guys podcast come about? Um, so I'm a brand ambassador for WISP, which is a, platform that gives women a voice and she reached out to me the executive producer and was like hey I want to start a podcast with you would you be interested in that and if so like who would you want to co-host and I'm thinking like okay do I really want to do this do I feel like putting the time in to do this and I was like f it like again here's another platform that I can use to reach people so I said okay like I'm going to do this and who would I want to go with and I was like low like she's smart she's beautiful she's great at rugby she knows rugby but she's also interesting off the field so I was like that would be perfect we're both Leos we're very confident we have good humor I think people would enjoy that and I reached out to her about it and was like hey you know let's would you be interested in starting a podcast and she was like absolutely um and funny thing our executive producer she's also a Leo so when we all got together and we're kind of having the conversation about what we wanted to do with the podcast, what we wanted to name it, what we wanted it to be about. We came up with the Leo's Den because we're all Leo's, strong, confident, beautiful, um, strong-minded, brave. And we kind of wanted to get on there and not only talk about rugby, but also talk about some of the other interesting, more personal things off the field that I think people would find a lot more interesting than just the rugby podcast. So that's kind of where we had our little twang and kind of where it started. Lo, you want to say anything else on it? 
I mean, it's just been so fun. Naya and I are, I guess, such classic Leos. And I never really knew what, I could only tell you what a Leo is. I don't know any of the other star signs, which I feel like it's so classic of a Leo. But our teammates are always making jokes. to like, oh, they're such Leos. I'm like, okay. So I think Naya and I work really well together. We're, we're, we're really good friends, but we also don't really hang out as much together. So it was, it has been fun to come together and share these stories. Like I shared a bad date story and two weeks before I was like, Naya, I got a story for you. <laughs> and so I was like saving it for the podcast, but it's been fun to like take a deeper dive into our real lives because we can really only show one side of it. We show like an Instagram and then people can watch our games. That's kind of one side of who we are, but through it, we were able to show, you know, our dating lives and talk about that because a lot of people don't I think really understand and then I mean we had a great black black lives matter um being black in rugby episode which was absolutely amazing and I killed it um so it's been fun next season we're definitely gonna have some guests on and I want to just get in deep with these guests like we're gonna have Carlin Isles on and I'm gonna ask him do you actually think you can sing sir <laughs> that'll be my number one question but I think you know we get People really know the athlete, but I want to get deeper and know them as a person, as a fun, who they are, what they like to do, who they date, you know, just things like that, which has been a great platform, Leo's then. Oh, like, love it. It's so cool. And I guess your like podcast is so much fun, but do you guys feel pressure to chat about the difficult things as like prominent figures in the USA Eagles team? I don't think I would say we feel pressured. I feel like most of the things that we wanted to talk that we talked about were things that we wanted to talk about, things that we felt were important to talk about. Um, and a lot of the topics were based on what our listeners wanted to talk, wanted to hear, which I think is really good of bringing in things that we want to talk about, but also catering to our audience. So I, I wouldn't say that there was any pressure knowing us, like if we don't want to talk about something, we're not going to talk about it. So yeah. that's kind of how it is with us. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Love it. And like, thank you guys so much for coming on today and chatting to us. Like that was so much fun as I kind of like anticipated it being from what I've seen of you guys online. So we always finish our podcast episodes with like five quick fire questions. So let's go. Let's go. Question one. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Every language in the world. Same. Number two, would you rather have invisibility or super, or super strength? Invisibility. Same. <laughs> Same. I, thought you, I thought you might go for super strength. Nah, we strong oh, enough. Got it. <laughs> invisibility, you can get in the bank, take the money, but go. Okay, okay, Naya. <laughs> that's, that's another episode, that one. <laughs> okay, question three. So you're on the toilet. There's a yep. tiny bit of toilet roll left. Yes. Do you replace the roll there and then, or do you leave it for the next person? Then and there. Be honest. There's a toilet roll close to me, a new one. It's in the cupboard. You, you'd have to do like the little shuffle. Okay, okay, okay. okay. No, I, I'm replacing it. Maybe uh, my mom would differ probably, <laughs> beg to differ on that though. <laughs> Number four, what's your favorite day of the week? Saturday. Yeah, pro- I mean, probably, you know, I've been having some nice Sundays, to be honest. <laughs> Just coffee and chilling. But Saturday or Sunday, yeah. And so final question, we usually ask people what their star sign is, but Leo's. Leo's, yeah. We've covered oh. it. Do you guys Boom. read your horoscope? I don't read my horoscope. I just know I'm a Leo and I know it's like being confident and stuff. So 
I go with it. it. <laughs> you can't tell me anything else. I know what I am. We we you reading them. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I'm like, just like it just popped up in my head. I'm like, okay, let me check. Or if something good happens, I'm like, okay, let me check and see if that was what was supposed to happen. But we've been <laughs> reading them on our on our um podcast, so that's kind of been fun to hear. I think I'm like, when I hear it, I'm, you know, people are like, oh my God, yes, that is so me. Like that is, oh my God. I'm, I just hear it and like, okay, cool. But I don't yeah. really believe in that sort of stuff. I do. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on guys. That was so good. And all the best for Olympic selection. Cause we are doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister. Boat laureate, we're on the move And I'm telling you, the glass ceiling's going We're coming through Rise up, rise up, take the stage Play your game, don't be afraid You're a work of our or Jones of our Always be proud of who you are Girl, gotta hold your head up high Don't let this moment pass you by You can be anything you believe So go and shine.